0: Robins at the gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Get £20 in free bets when you join today and bet £10 on any sport. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. New customers only. Minimum first bet of £10 at odds of evens or greater from a UK debit card. For 5 £5 free bets valid for seven days. Full terms at mansionbet.com. 18+. plus. Be gamble aware.
1: Welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor on a beautiful sunny day at the time of recording. Although I think this heatwave sadly is set to stop by the long Easter weekend if you have it off. Thanks for joining us on today's pod. Um, Gregor will be helping me discuss Nigel Pearson's future. We're recording on Tuesday morning and we still haven't heard anything about his contract yet. The High Performance Centre is open or to you and me. The training centre. Um, we'll talk about the academy releases this week. Always a tough time for some young players. Gregor took in a really exciting under eighteen game this week too. That's going to tell us all about. Uh, we'll see how some of the internationals have fared over the international break and look ahead to Stoke on Good Friday and Coventry on Easter Monday. Um, Gregor, welcome along. Nice to have some sunshine, isn't it? Will Bristol City fans, the one that want the ones that want it anyway, get some uh, sunny news on Nigel Pearson this week?
0: Do you think? I don't think we're due to hear anything just yet. I can't remember where we're up to in terms of the pod and discussing a new deal for him. But basically, we we sort of knew that they were going to be moving into the the Robbins High Performance Centre this week, aka failing training ground. I don't, although I'm not sure they want to call it that, but yeah. <laughs> and that was that was always going to be on the cards for this week. And it's obviously a very big deal for the club and fair play to them. It is a Massive statement of intent from the Lansdowne family and the board. Um, a great asset for the club, for fantastic facilities. If you think about your office and where you go to work every day, then to have it all upgraded and lovely and modern and all the, the latest tech, etc., the best facilities, then it does make a huge difference, I think. The club believe it's going to make a massive difference in terms of bringing their academy over from SGS. Mm. I remember Lee Johnson saying to us a year ago that, if you imagine the young guys coming off the pitch at the end of their training session and they maybe bump into some of the senior players, they can then instantly ask them for advice. They will watch the senior players, the likes of Thomas Callas. They will copy them and hopefully they'll pick up a lot of professional habits and, and hopefully develop more and talent will flourish as a result. So the club do see this as a, a big thing. I have to say that the, the pictures and everything have, have been pretty pretty good, the, the social media Stuff we, I think we're due to go and have a look around it at some point. I'm sure they'll do a media event yeah. at some point. Um, but in terms of Nigel Pearson's future, our understanding is that there's nothing about to happen imminently. But I, I, I think it is just a matter of time. My, my current theory is: what do you think of this one, Michelle? Okay. That as, as soon as they wrap up which division they are in definitively, then I think that will tra- trigger new contract offers to the players, a long-term contract for Nigel Pearson, and and they'll probably then start looking at sort of selling season tickets and everything for the next season as well.
1: Look, I hear what you're saying there, but is that literally because it has to be black and white? Because right now we know what division Bristol City are going to be in. You know, they're not going to be in the Premier League and they're not going to be in League One. So is it not, would it not have been, and it still may happen yet this week, but was the international break not a sort of clear period to get that signed on the dotted line because now is the time you know you've got to assume they're going to be in the championship that they're making plans for summer plans for pre-season tours although saying that that's a little bit trickier this year I'd imagine that will be UK based um they're making all all these sorts of plans what they want to do over summer who, who they're looking to bring in and which which players are staying which players are going but to make those decisions you need your head coach don't you although Nigel Pearson is officially manager at the moment. So you'd imagine he would be manager going forward and having a big say in these decisions.
0: Yes, great point. He, he is having a big say in these decisions. Those discussions are going on at the moment. He's explained himself that talks are happening behind the scenes. He's said before he speaks to CEO Mark Ashton several times a day at, at times. And yes, we understand that he's involved in the transfer decisions being made for the summer, the contract decisions uh, we, we'll probably come on to, obviously, Danny Simpson, but but obviously that's part and parcel of that. And there's a bit of a weird one, obviously, bringing in Danny Simpson with just eight games. And the only way I can see it really making sense is if they are open-minded to bringing him in for longer than just this season. So that's something we're going to ask at the pre-Stoke press conference. So we'll probably have a, like an official word on that soon. Um, but our understanding, just, I mean, one small transfer bit that we're hearing is that, Basically, Nigel Pearson wants two experienced fullbacks on either side, and that's why he's brought in Danny Simpson. And, and probably shows that there might not be so many chances for younger players well, in defence next season.
1: I was that I was about to say because um, we will talk about Danny Simpson being confirmed in just a moment, but the club's whole ethos has been about young players and having quite a young average age of the squad and bring them through from the Academy and they've been successful. You know, the most sort of recent standout examples would be Bobby Reed and Joe Bryan. And now we've had um, the likes of Zach Viner coming through and, and, and lots, lots more that we could name. Is Nigel Pearson going to ask the club to break away from that? Is he going to say, look, you've, you've had a go at this the last couple of years, hasn't quite got you over the line. If you give me this and this, yes, I'll play. And I'll look to bring through the young blood but we need to do things my way as well. And is Danny Simpson a sort of indicator of that? Because to me, like we said last week, 34-year-old right back, hasn't played for ages. It's just a bit of a weird one.
0: Yeah, I I think we are going to see that. Yeah, I think that's sort of evident with this signing, isn't it? That basically there's a lot of – it would have been quite easy for the board or the Lansdowne family, Mark Ashton – to say no you're not bringing this player in because first of all you've only got eight games of the season we as you say the club looks like it's going to well it is going to be in a championship next season let's be honest the the only thing I would add on that by the way is that when you're managing 33 million pound budgets 50 million pound budgets can you gamble in in terms of saying yes we're definitely going to be in a championship next season knowing that this is a game where Absolutely anything could happen, you know, there could be, we've seen pandemics, we've seen, yeah, all sorts of chaos, the leagues disrupted and everything. So is it 100% confirmed that you're going to be in a championship yeah. until it is 100% confirmed? You know, you know what I mean? You're talking about so much money invested, community action and, and, and the involvement of thousands of jobs. I'm not too sure that that maybe you can assume yeah, it's a fair that point. anything it's a fair is point. going to be the case. So I think that's maybe why they do delay these decisions. Also, they did delay, if you remember, last, this time last year, they delayed contract um, offers for senior players then as well. So I kind of maybe do understand if that is the, the case for the club. In terms of Nigel Pearson, sorry, going off a, a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> in terms of, as usual, uh, in terms of Nigel Pearson, though, and the ethos of the club, he he, he mentioned that word when he, when he yeah. signed up. He said that he believed in what the club is doing in terms of Uh, They want to bring through this talent. We've seen it this season, haven't we, with Semenyo, Backenson and Viner all breaking through, other guys on the cusp of it as well. And and there's plenty more to come as well. We're going to get onto that. And yeah, he he is embracing that. But it's evident from the Danny Simpson signing. And of course, there's been a a bit of um, reaction against that with obviously the women's aid um, national charity coming out and speaking out against that transfer sure we'll come on to that in a second wow, but, but there's yeah. so much there's so much where the club could have said you're not you're not bringing this player in but that they've allowed that to happen shows that Nigel Pearson has got significant support here and that the club are willing to back him and it does show that he's going to try and mix and meld a bit like Dean Holden did to be fair those older players bringing the experience to to augment the the, the young players coming through
1: yeah, and maybe that's the blend we could see going forward. Really good point, Gregor. Um let, we've we've got to mention this. Um so what's happened is Bristol City have signed Danny Simpson, and Women's Aid have terminated Bristol City's partnership with the club because of that. Um now Danny Simpson won the Premier League in 2016, you remember, with Leicester. And He was convicted six years ago for assaulting his then partner. Um, So this this happened a few years ago and he was found guilty of assault at Manchester Magistrates Court and he served a period of 145 hours of community service. He spent last season at Huddersfield Town and, of course, Nigel Pearson um, knew him before. But Women's Aid have now decided not to use Bristol City in any of their campaign materials because of Danny Simpson's previous conviction. This is quite big stuff, Gregor, you know, um, and uh, where, where do you stand on this? Because it's, it's quite a difficult thing to speak about, and I understand that. But Women's Aid basically saying, you know, there's there's no two ways about it. Uh, they won't support Bristol City, Um. And the camp, just to be clear, Bristol City, they have been removed from Football United against domestic violence and their campaign materials. Um, this is let's just read the tweet, Gregor, just before I get your thoughts. It said Women's Aid to remove Bristol City from Football United against domestic violence campaign materials following the announcement of convicted domestic abuse perpetrator Danny Simpson for the remainder of the 2021 season. And if you want to read the statement on this, it's at woman, Women's Aid website. Um, yeah, it's It's a very difficult situation, but women's aid, they are what they stand for, Gregor.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's a difficult one. It's um, a Bristol-based charity, and it's a a very powerful statement, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The way I look at this is, and I can see it from both perspectives, and I think it comes down to the individual, doesn't it? Where do you stand on um, bringing in a player who's got a, a previous conviction that many fans are pointing out does not fit with the the sort of um, uh, image that Bristol sport and Bristol City wish to which, give really yeah. which by the
1: way, Gregor has always been about and I know Lee Johnson and Dean Holden talked about it. Good people and their morals and, and I'm not I'm not gonna speak for Danny Simpson, you know, and what's happened since then, but it, it is an interesting signing in that sense that they've Dean Holden was very much about people's morale and their personality, wasn't he? But Nigel Pearson has this relationship with him and you can't deny that's a big part of him coming into the club
0: absolutely it's it's an uneasy fit it's it's a little bit jarring isn't it with with what's gone on before if you remember a couple of years ago Mark Ashton had a um, was showing off a big red um, sort of Bible book that they give to every new signing at the yeah. club and in that they have um, a lot of um, instructions on what's acceptable at the club what's not. And they, you're right. They've they've been very explicit in explaining that they only want certain types of character. They've got a culture that they believe is right at the club, and they won't, and they don't want to upset that at all. And yeah, with Danny Simpson coming in, then then there's questions to be asked. But on the other hand, you have to say that this is a conviction from several years ago, mm-hmm. and also, does a person once they've served their time, do they not deserve a second chance? Are they not um, able to move on with their life? Mm-hmm. Should they forever be by be stained by something that they've done in the past. And and I do think it does come down to your your individu- individual beliefs on on this and, and and how you see. it. I've seen plenty of fans argue either way on it. And and some people, some fans have parceled this up with what we were saying before in terms of that you've only got eight games left of the season. So it, it is so strange for that reason as well. And as I was saying before, I just think this actually this actually speaks a lot of volumes for the the board and how much they're supporting Nigel Pearson, in a way, I think it's it's a good thing for the fans in terms of Nigel Pearson looks like he's going to get full back in here. And when you couple that together with what we've said before about there is room to spend this summer, it it really shows that maybe Bristol City are, are really going to go for it. In terms of the moral side of it, and yeah, ethics that's that's obviously a big thing for us in in journalism. Then yeah, there there are a few questions there. It's something we're going to be asking. Uh, the manager on later this week at the pre-Stoke press conference. And, and yeah, I, I'd like to certainly hear from Nigel Pearson, his thoughts on, on the subject and and, and and what he makes of the signing and why he's brought him, brought him in ex, um, exactly. Yeah,
1: we uh, hope to get some more on that from Nigel Pearson. Um, moving on to the under-18s game, you took in England, against Wales. It should be Wales v England, because it was in Wales. Um And some real exciting young prospects linked with Bristol City as well, Gregor. Tell us what you saw. This was on Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah, we are actually recording. No, what day is it today? This is the thing with lockdown, guys. I get confused. It's Tuesday today. It's Monday. <laughs> Monday. You watched them on Monday. Um, how was it?
0: Yeah, good. You're making me confused then. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, th- it was Wales under-18s against England under-18s. And there was a lot of Bristol City interest, actually, in the game. Not just the players on the pitch. Both the managers of, of the national respective sides were former Bristol City players. Rob Edwards, former fullback, back and, and Kevin Betsy, who's, who's been aware of the talent at Bristol City for quite a, a long time. I managed to speak to him myself after the game to ask him about that. I believe he was keeping an eye on some players such as Zach Viner previously. He also called up uh, Eamon Benaroos a year ago to the England under-17s. And he's now called up Alex Scott. And he was my, my main point of interest on Monday afternoon because he played really brilliantly. He, he only came on in the second half, but England switched their entire team at half-time. So everybody got 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. He was as good as anyone. The, the standout player was probably Liam DeLapp, the Manchester City forward who is an outstanding prospect. But he was your typical, De Lapp was your typical sort of bustling, powerful forward that the defenders couldn't deal with. Whereas Scott was the orchestrator and he just played so many brilliant passes that you don't see from players of that age very often. Just really well-weighted first-time passes that kept um, moves alive. Very intelligent passes to, to keep possession of the ball. There were some lovely through balls that bisected, bisected the Welsh back forward to release to Lap. There was a, a couple of really great oh, long passes. He, yeah, and, and Scott really did not look out of place at all. I like, I think he was a, a genuine contender for Man of the Match afterwards. And I know um, a lot of people were in, were, were impressed with him. We I think we've spoken about him before on the podcast, and we've said that he this is the guy who I mentioned, and we've had people inquiring with us to find out more information about him. So he is someone who, uh, that a lot of people... Um, are aware of and I think we're going to hear a lot more from him but just also I should mention two guys making their debuts for Wales under 18s as well that was Harry Leeson and Zach Bell both those guys came off so he came on in the second half as well and they played as uh, the Welsh wing backs down uh, either side and they both had quite good games as well Zach Zach Bell was um, involved in some feisty challenges at the end and, and Harry Leeson he was playing on the left but normally he plays on the right and um, he showed some good uh, moments going forward as well.
1: But it does bring us on to what's happened with the academy this week. And you were tweeting about this. It's always this time of year that unfortunately players are told if they're going to carry on or, or some are let go. Um, what's the score with this? And in, in can we report who's been let go? Or is there something where we're not allowed to say because they're under 18? Um, how, how does it work?
0: So, yeah, just from our sources, we, we understand that on last Friday, that around 10 players were told that they were going to be released. It's unfortunately, yeah, that that time of the year where the clubs are making their decisions on contracts and at, at sort of junior level, that is taking place at the moment. I understand a couple of players were offered new deals, um, but a, a lot were not, and that's nothing uh, unusual. Mm. The club hasn't made any announcement on this just yet, but they... We would expect them to, at some point, although it might not be for a while, because they might not, they might wait and see, see what the um, outcome of the contract negotiations are first. And what they normally do is make an announcement, on all of these guys at the same time. We have heard some names, and and we will report them in time, but we're not doing so just yet because these these are young guys. Yeah, and I always feel so sorry for them at this at this moment in time because. These guys they're not on like big money or anything like that, and they're having really their dreams crushed we We covered this story last year. There was a young guy, Jamie Taylor, who was let go and and then he was snapped up actually by Crystal Palace in uh, last summer. so i I'd point to that story and say that you can you can leave Bristol city and I, and, I, and I would add that I know some of the guys who are going to be leaving have been at Bristol City for years and years. And it's always been their dream to make it to the first team. So they will be yeah, absolutely gutted about this and, and, yeah. and they'll, they'll have to get their head around it. But there is obviously life after this club and, and they, some of them will be able to make careers in in professional football still. We had Aaron Parsons on a couple of years ago who moved on to, to Western Supermair after we'd spoken to him and he'd, he'd been released too. So, yeah, basically I would say watch this space and I'm, I'm sure there'll be more news to come on it very soon.
1: Yeah, we had the international break. You've seen some um, stars, Bristol City stars, Instagramming what they're up to. For Maurice he's caught my eye. He's been away with the um, Senegalese squad. Has anyone else caught your eye that's been out on international break this um, past, what is it, 10 days or so?
0: Yeah, I wrote something last week on the two reggae boys. Yeah, Casey Palmer (laughs) and Adrian Mariappa. Yeah, Maps was the captain, wasn't he, for the reggae boys the other day? They're playing United States. Unfortunately, they were hammered 4-1. Uh, it was a game over in Austria. But at the moment, Jamaica are on this recruitment drive, aren't they? They're snapping mm-hmm. up several talents. Casey Palmer, as we reported recently, is, is, he was in the process of getting his Jamaica passport. He's managed to speed that up. And, yeah, he's, he was involved the other day. So he's, he's joined MAPS in, in that. And, yeah, those guys will be hoping that Jamaica can get some form together and that they might end up playing at the World Cup eventually.
1: Yeah, really exciting. Um, any news on what's been going on with Thomas Callas? He fell on his hip really awkwardly in the last game, which was pretty nasty. Um, and wasn't um, happy. He withdrew from international duty as well. Um, Callum O'Dowda didn't go off with with Ireland either. Um, any news on that? Because I know there has been some boosts ahead of the Stoke game, which we're about to preview. That Tommy Rowe has um, said he's fit and Jada Silva's back training too.
0: Yeah, Tommy Rose said to BBC Radio Bristol last night that he was basically in contention to play on Friday if Nigel Pearson agrees, the big if there. Um, the other guys we don't know too much on just yet. The club is due to give updates tomorrow at Pre-Stoke uh, Press. However, what I would say is I was eagerly um, eagerly and eagle-eyed uh, looking uh, looking through the social media posts from the club, as they sort of launched their new training ground um, mm. coverage this week, trying to, trying to see who's players... about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the players have, have been up there. I think they were all up there yesterday, Monday, having basically their first look at the at the place. And and Thomas Callas and Callum O'Dowda and even Joe Williams and and Andy Weimann were all in those pictures and looked to be moving okay. So I don't think there's anything too significant. But that's my complete. Yes, just based on, on not very much at this moment in time. So, yeah, if we hear anything more concrete and no doubt we will get some updates from the club very soon, um, then obviously we'll relay that.
1: Absolutely. Um, Stoke then on Good Friday, Coventry on Easter Monday. With Stoke, um, they're not the most thrilling of sides. They beat Derby 1-0 last time out. They had a draw destroyed Cardiff, which was quite a good result for them. Um, were thrashed by Borough 3-0 but beat Wickham 2-0. They've had a bit of a mixed season, really, like Bristol City, as they sit 11th. Um, the playoffs look pretty much out of reach for them now. At one point, they did have their sights set on them, just like Bristol City. Oh, Gregor, I don't see this being a thriller at Ashton Gate, if I'm honest.
0: No. I, well, the only thing I would say, though, is that the game up at the potteries was was very, very good. And in fact, probably Bristol City's one of the best performances of the of this season, and definitely in their top two or three away performances. But sometimes it can go very differently at Ashton Gate, as as we've seen. That's the, that's
1: why I'm t- yeah. This is what I mean. I mean, Bristol City won two 0 at Stoke uh, end of September, wasn't it? But this this curse at Ashton Gate, record number of games. Beaten at home. It's got to end soon. And I asked Nigel Pearson, Have you spoken about it? He's like, Yeah, of course we've spoken about it, but it's not that simple, is it? You know, you've got to work out what it is, and it's not all under him at all. So, you know, I look ahead to the Coventry game on Monday and I feel more excited about that potentially. Um, but the Stoke one, is this a good game to try and break that? I mean, they're a hard team to break down, Stoke are. If you look at their last lineup as well, um, John Obi Mikel sitting in midfield uh, with Joe Allen, uh, James Chester as well, Danny Bart playing sort of right centre-back on the left, uh, sorry, left centre-back. It's, uh, it's a solid team, isn't it? Hard to get past.
0: It is. I think they've suffered a blow, haven't they, with Joe Allen going off for, yeah, for, for Wales, Wales the yeah. other day. Good point. So, yeah, they might be sure of, of his experience in the middle, although he picked up that red card in a couple of years ago against Bristol City. So he's not always had the best games against the Robins anyway. I I think you're right. I think it's going to be a close game at Ashton Gate, but I'm with you and I just feel that this run has to end at some point. They're not going to, they're not going to carry on losing at home. It just doesn't happen in football. However, <laughs> saying that it's just such, such crazy times this season of all seasons is just beyond comparison. And, who knows? I, I thought that way. And then Rotherham came to town and fully deserved the win last time out. So, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a draw, maybe maybe even a nil-nil draw, because I think Stoke are a little bit solid and and, and Bristol City have tightened up a, a bit recently, maybe with Danny Simpson in there as well, if 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 they need him. So, yeah, I, I agree. I think it could be close. Um, but I, I think they could get something here.
1: Okay, well, if you uh, want to watch this, you can win a live streaming ticket for Bristol City v Stoke on Good Friday, perfect for the bank holiday. Head to Mansion Bet's Twitter. It's at Mansion Bet. What you've got to do is retweet the tweet and follow them. It's that simple. Ten winners to be picked from our podcast partner, Mansion Bet. Um, we're still so sad you're not with us at Ashton Gate. Gregor and I will be there, but if you'd like to watch the stream, there is the place for it. Head to Mansion Bet and they could be getting it to you for free which is always nice to have something for free. Coventry on Monday, Gregor. uh, They're 20th in the championship at the moment. By no means are they safe. Um, Rotherham are coming up behind these teams at the moment, as we know (laughs) from when they beat Bristol City. So Coventry are going to be fighting for their lives. They've got something to fight for. Um, I've watched Coventry a few times and you might think looking at the table, oh, they're not very good. I'll tell you what, they are. They're, They're a good team. For me, they're the best team down there that I've watched. Um, and even though Rothman were very good at Ashton Gate, Coventry have been entertaining to watch. Um, they lost to Luton, and then they had a goldish draw with Wickham, which was quite damaging to them, actually. They've got QPR on Good Friday, Bristol City at home on Monday. What are you expecting from Mark Robins' side?
0: I think it's going to be a very, very difficult game, and I could see Bristol City actually losing this one. I, I just think you look at Coventry's home form, which is is actually... Not too bad. I think they've only lost... Well, they've lost two of the last six at home. But their overall record this this year puts them in the 11th place in the league for home uh, points taken only. So, yeah, seven wins, seven draws, five losses on their own patch. So, yeah, I I think this is going to be very difficult. The the home game against Coventry was actually pretty difficult. Obviously, Bristol City uh, squeaked out the win in that one. But arguably, Coventry deserved a lot more from that match. The only thing I would say uh, about Mark Robins side is that they've only won two of their last 12 games, I believe, and they've had a fair few draws as well in that. A lot of draws, yeah. So, yeah, but, but they're the sort of side that I always think they do play really good football. They create chances, they attack. And sometimes you watch a side like that and sometimes you think maybe they're a bit better than they are because they're playing that swashbuckling style of football.
1: They were all right, Ashton uh, Gay. Uh, it was 2-1. It was a close game until Thomas kind wrapped it up in
0: the 87th minute. Yeah, yeah. And they, they posed so many problems that day. And yeah, I, I like several of their players. Hayner in the middle is... Oh, he's, he's not going to be at Coventry he, next season, I'll tell you that. No. He's too good. He's, he's, a, he's a class act. And I liked Ryan Giles when he was there. He's obviously moved yeah, on. Yeah. Um, yeah, Calum O'Hare, and, and good player yes yeah yeah absolutely and those guys caused so many problems in bs3 last time out and i think it'll be the same again on monday as i say i I, for the same reason that i think bristol city's home form is due to turn at some point by the same token i think their away form won't carry on being as good as it's been it's the old regression to the mean as i always say (laughs) and and yeah so i think i think colincy unfortunately might get something
1: Mm, okay. Watch this space away for both of them. Hopefully uh, it doesn't ruin the Easter weekend and fingers crossed for more positive results than Gregor's predicted there. Um, hey, the sun's out. Uh, we'll take that. <laughs> and we'll be back after those two games because, um, like Gregor says, in this extraordinary season, we go into April already, the penultimate month of a condensed season as Bristol City uh, continue. I guess just to really finish as, as high as they can now would be the aim as nigel pearson has been saying and we'll look forward to him from him this week and after that game we'll be looking ahead to nottingham forest on saturday the 10th so join us next week for that and thank you very much for listening and wherever you're listening to your podcast if you hit subscribe you won't miss an episode
0: robins at the gate proudly sponsored by mansion bet your favorite place to bet always bet on red with mansion bet 18 plus big aware. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.